Have you ever wondered how some people are so good at listening? And yet other times we talk to people and they deny our experience. They just say, oh no, that's not the way it is. And they don't really hear us. Well, beautiful things happen when people feel listened to, says today's guest. Life gets easier and funnier and trust can be built all with the skill of improv. Have you ever considered that improv actually could be one of your strongest tools in your parenting toolbox? It's true. And today we're going to listen to Chris True talk to us about being in the moment, about being a good listener, and the fun, playful ways that we can have conversations with our children or anybody else in our life that actually helps us be better communicators. Improv is one of the best ways I think that we as adults can learn how to listen and really engage and have fun while we do it. It's one of the easiest ways I know that we can get our language to be playful, engaging, empowering, and exploratory discovery, curiosity, when we put those elements into our conversations with our coworkers, with our spouse, with the grocery store checkout lady, with anybody else we talk to, including our children, we are listening well to them. And parents, our children are going to learn how to listen well by the example that they see. So I encourage you to join today for this very fun conversation with comedian Chris True who talks about how improv can help us be better parents. Does your child have a speech-language delay and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist and you wonder, what do they do? And how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy? Stay tuned, because in this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. In the show notes, you will find a link to sign up for a comedy class if you would like to try learning improv online from Chris True, today's guest. An update for all of you. This episode is also pre-recorded, so I would suspect that by now for sure we have passed 10,000. And so 
because I was doing some travel, I decided to extend the offer time till November 1st to honor the 10,000 cents off, which is $100 off a coaching program in honor of having 10,000 downloads. Yay! If you left your review, um, I'm going to be checking Podbean and Apple Podcasts to see if that review came on the day that 10,000 was passed. And any and however many left a review on the same day as the language of play passed 10,000 downloads, you will get a Starbucks gift card for $10. I am so glad you are here, Chris. Thank you for being willing to come on The Language of Play. Your work as an improv teacher is so connected to parents. But, you know, I was thinking about what should the title of the show be? And I thought, um, what does improv have to do with parenting? Everything. That's Mm. what I decided. Now, I thought, man, you can help us understand the relationship between the improv and the comedy because if we look at our kids, we will be able to um, laugh at some of the things that they do. Yeah, well, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I love doing stuff like this, and I know you're speaking do. the same. We're speaking <laughs> the same language here. You know, it's like I I think that improv is this magical, like superfood communication Swiss Army night that is has so many practical uses. It's not exclusively done for comedic purposes, but it is, it's still funny and it's still a dynamic communication technique. So I'm stoked to be here. I'm excited to talk about it. I think you're great. I think this is great. Let's, let's do it. That's so cool. Well, let me start then with an introduction here of you and also to tell the listeners, um, Chris and I met in where were we? Dallas at us. Yeah, it was the. Was a, I'm pretty sure it was the Entrepreneur Speakers Retreat. Yes, through uh, Speakers Playhouse, and yes. at that retreat, um, Chris did some of the activities with the group of us that taught us how to listen better and how to become better communicators. And right in that moment, I said to myself, "I need to have him on my podcast." Now, it wasn't exactly that. I thought I want to work with him. And I want to work with him with parents because at the point that I first talked with him, I didn't have a podcast yet even. I just knew that the what you do is super duper for parents. So let me read your your biography here. So Chris True is a comedian who teaches people how to become more charismatic communicators. His improv workshops have been seen at festivals and conferences all over the world. He's based in New Orleans, where he performs weekly at Comedy House. Thank you again for being here. I'm so great. You, I, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. And uh, the bio sounded beautiful coming from coming from your side of the call. So that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it should, and it's it's real. And and I know that you do this, and you make a difference in how we can communicate in a very short moment. Yeah, that's one of the crazy things about improv is that it's like. It's it's so portable and so flexible. You know, I've been approached by different conferences or companies who are like, I only got 10 minutes and there's a thousand people in the crowd. Or can you do a two-hour workshop every day for a week for 10 people? And it's like the answer is yes, yes, yes to all these things because the material is so interesting. It's so flexible. And really you can you can change a lot 
for people in, in a short period of time. It's just one simple improv technique. It can really like flip the way a lot of people communicate and the way a lot of adults play. Yeah. So let's start there. For our listeners that don't have any idea what you're really talking about with the word improv, can you start with what does that really mean? What is what is that vocabulary word anyways? Yeah, thank you. And by the way, that's a really good reminder for me because I forget sometimes that like, wait, hold on, slow your roll. Some people don't even know the first part of improv comedy. So thank you for that cue. So listen, improv comedy historically is a technique for doing live comedy shows. You know, it's uh, popularized on shows like Whose Lines Anyway. It's basically making things up on the spot for comedic effects. Typically, people's entry point to this is through like improv games where it's like there's rules. And when you break the rules, it's theoretically funny. And it's a way to, to mm-hmm. develop scripts and to practice, you know, for actors for auditions, practicing on sets, all that stuff. But somewhere along the way, like 15, 20 years ago, people started to realize that the things that we do in an improv comedy show to make each other look good and to keep an audience entertained, those same techniques actually have a real have have implications in real life. Because when you treat when you talk to people this way, you are locking in just the best type of communication there is, which is um, a lot of give and take, a lot of staying in the moment, and a lot of um, making active choices that don't deny someone else's ideas. And so this sounds really good. Give us an example of what something like that would be. But let's use an example like parent-child. What, you know, like how does this connect to my listeners in a way that like they're talking to little people? Yeah. So, you know, well, I want to say I am not a parent. I am. I do have parents. And I, um, so I, I I can't speak to it from the, from like an expert point of view as like. I'll do that. I'm a parent. You. But yeah, that's where you're going to come <laughs> in. Um, so. So, yeah, so in improv, when we when we are practicing being good listeners, we are not denying someone else their reality. So I imagine if a parent is speaking to a kid and the kid is trying to be playful or they have an opinion or they have a thought they're expressing, the kid doesn't want you to deny that this thought exists. I believe that that probably little by little decreases the likelihood of that kid sharing ideas and thoughts in the future if you're always denying their ideas. Now, of course, I'm sure there are some ones that make sense. You know, a kid might think they're hungry and mom knows they're not, you know? So I'm hungry. No, you're not, honey. You just ate. That may be a little bit different. But when it's like, when it's like, mom, I want to go, you know, I want to go outside or mom, I had this idea and mom is like, is like, no, that's not that that will never happen or no that's not true i think that might be where some of this um the improv mentality might be helpful because we are going with ideas i think you're absolutely spot on and i will say that it pertains to hungry too because really what i hear you saying what i hear you saying is that you are talking about all humans not just parent child here because no human wants to say something and have somebody else say that's not true. And frankly, with our kids, they can say they're hungry, but they often can't tell the difference between hunger and thirst. And so it still feels like hungry to them. So we don't want to say, no, you're not. You just ate. We want to say, mm, tell me more about that. 
and which is what you taught us in the improv. You know, like, because no matter what the kiddos are saying, there is a way to validate what it is that they're saying and not deny it. Just like you don't want to deny another human's experience because it teaches them to trust that they will be listened to. Yeah. And beautiful things happen when someone feels like they are being listened to. There's more trust involved, more playfulness, more creativity. And in my line of work, there, you know, things get funnier, things get more interesting, things get, it gets easier to improvise because you can trust the dynamic between the two people. You're going to listen to me. You know, I'm listening to you. We're making each other look good. Suddenly, we don't need a script. We don't need to plan everything out. We can actually live in this moment and make each other look really good and have a great time communicating. So you can see how this makes comedy funnier, but it also makes conflicts easier to resolve. It makes networking events like less stressful for people. It makes sales calls more successful. It, it, there's so many things that come from having a, uh, a solid background in improv. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you say that when you're interacting in that improv kind of mindset, everything's funnier. And when we're dealing with a child that has a communication meltdown or other temper tantrum because of whatever reason, how much better would it be if we can get in the moment with them and find some humor? And it doesn't have to be so serious. It doesn't have to be so do what I say at the moment that I say it. But if we can have a few of these seconds to say, okay, let's ride that train that you just introduced and then see where it goes. Yeah. And also, I suspect that one of the reasons why a parent might have a hard time getting this going is because maybe that parent also needs more time and space for play because it's like, if you're stressed out all day, not giving yourself time to play or whatever's going on, it makes a lot of sense to me that you would be less likely to engage in this type of communication with your kid. Like that's completely understandable. So maybe we go even further back and it's like, how can parents give themselves the space to think this way and then let that trickle down to all their other relationships? And that's a great question. With their kids. Okay. I love that question. How do we do it? Go ahead. Answer that same question. I think that's a really practical question. Yeah. Well, I think that everyone in the world should take an improv class. I think that, I think that learning, I love it. Yes. I think that learning improv and it doesn't have to be, you know, your local improv theater eight weeks course doesn't have to be like the big summer intensive at one of these big institutions. There's all kinds of ways that you can learn improv. And, and really the real trick, I mean, with a lot of things like this is you, you want to give yourself time and space to put it into effect, which is one of the reasons why I think improv really stands out as a tool because I can teach your listeners right now a simple improv tool. They can do it later on today with whoever they come across and they could immediately be like, oh, I can see the benefits to this. So can I actually, can I do a simple one right now? Absolutely. Let's do it. Give real practical, uh, hands-on, something my listeners can take today and use today. That's what I love. I love it too. Okay. So we're going to, I'm going to give you the simplest, the simplest, most transformational thing we got, which is this, the, the concept of yes and. 
So for the listeners, it's yes, comma, and, all right? When you yes and somebody, what you are doing is you're locking in that you've received and heard and accepted whatever they're saying. That's the yes part. Yes, I heard that. The and is what you add on top of it so that it becomes a back and forth conversation. So if me and you were talking and I say, um, I say, I'm looking forward to the weekend. If you just go, me too, that's not really a conversation, right? That you're just you're you're just telling me you also look forward to the weekend. That's just a yes. But if you and me, it gives me something to respond to. So if I go, I'm looking forward to the weekend. And if you say yes and um, I've got a beach house rented for me and all my kids. We're meeting up this weekend. That gives me something to to go off of. So then if I yes and that, I'm like, yes, and that sounds amazing. Let me uh, give you the keys to my jet ski so that you can sh- show your kids how to jet ski. And you can see how if we keep going back and forth, making things up on the spot becomes easier. And we, we're no longer like petrified about what to talk about next. We just go off the last thing that was said. And people don't often communicate like this. People just yes, or they know but, which is the opposite of a yes and. Mm-hmm. I remember when you did this with us at that speaker retreat, and we like stopped. We froze. It wasn't easy the first time. So listeners, if you try this at home, don't be surprised that it doesn't go smoothly the first time because it does take a little bit of practice. But I will say that by the third time we were doing it, it was like fun and delightful. And all of us were laughing and really having a good time. And so I've done this with my children and I've done this with multiple age children since. Mm. And and their response to me saying, yes, and then I pause because that pause is always needed. Listeners have heard me talk about pausing with kids. They need that processing time. So when you say yes, to agree with them in whatever fashion, and then follow it up with and add on to what it is that they're saying and link it to the new topic that you want it to be. Yeah, that sounds like great communication to me. A, a charismatic, confident, playful communication. So hopefully the listeners, you can see how if you become the kind of person who looks at the world this way, now you're not in the you're not in the business of being judgmental while other people are talking. You're not denying other people's ideas, and you are not thinking about what you're going to say while the other person is talking. These you're are listening. all things that adults do pretty normally, pretty naturally right now. And you know, not no one's getting demerits. You know, no one's in trouble. But there are ways to undo some of this stuff, right? And when you learn improv, you you are practicing it over and over and over again. And I want to, I, I just had this thought as you were talking. I think it, I think the reason why it's a little bit more difficult the first couple of times you do it, because usually you're doing it in the context of, uh, at least through my classes, you're doing it like on stage in front of people. And there's the element of comedy that's around it. If you're, your listeners, what I'm suggesting is that your listeners actually tonight, when their partner or family member or whoever, makes a statement to them that they just yes and them right there as a way to practice adding more information. You don't have to even tell them. You don't have to even say, hey, honey, I learned this thing today and I'm going to practice on you. It's like, no, no. (laughs) It's like your partner says, oh, I had a really hard day at work. I'm so excited to see you. It's like, yes. And um, 
you can tell me all about it while I um, while I get dinner ready. I'm excited to see you too. It's like, as opposed to like, oh, what happened? Like that. I mean, what happened isn't bad, but I do think that the version I did is a little more loving, <laughs> a little more playful, right? And uh, when you talk this way, I think that there's less conflict and there's more fun in the world. Yeah, you're using language that is playful, the language yes. of life. Yes. yes. So great. Let's let's give an example. I'll see if I can do it with you. Let's do it. Great. Okay. So let's start off like this. I want you. I I love showing off the material. So what I want you to do is give me a really vague opening line, like like borderline boring. Okay. And I'm going to show you how if we guess saying it back and forth, we can take this little tiny allegedly boring idea and we can turn it into something fun. So I'm talking about like, I like your shoes. I can't wait for lunch. Just something that's pretty, pretty simple. And we're going to yes and back and forth. Go ahead. I put on some slippers when I came down the stairs today. Yes. And I think those slippers are an amazing, an amazing piece of your wardrobe. Yes. And I got them from Great Aunt Thelma last week for my birthday. Yes. And Great Aunt Thelma always has the most thoughtful gifts. She gave me her her necklace and I'm wearing it t- tomorrow night for my uh, for my date. Yes. Um and she has beautiful jewelry that I've seen on her before where she matches her clothing so well. Yes. And I think that this is the best time for us to finish putting together that Aunt Thelma, uh, that Aunt Thelma tribute musical that we've been thinking about. It's her birthday coming up. She'll love it. Okay. See, <laughs> so like for the listeners, all we're doing is, you know, taking this scene one step at a time. No one line is going to make or break our interaction. It's like, she's bringing a brick. I bring a brick. She brings a brick. And it's one brick at a time. And by the time we're done, hopefully we've got, you know, house, cathedral, whatever it is, right? And it's like, we did this together. Versus, think about if her opening line was like, hey, Chris, I got new slippers from Aunt Thelma who has great taste in jewelry and I'm excited about us built up, you know, finishing that musical in her honor. That's a lot of information and it's really hard to play with that because it sounds like she already has an idea and I have to fit into it. And that's not true play, right? So it's like we're taking turns, adding new things and um, and theoretically, you know, it gets easier and easier as we learn what's real and what's not real in this world, right? Mm-hmm. That is so great. And that's fun to do. And I, I want to comment too, that there were these pauses, you know, because this is an audio recording. You and I are looking at each other on a Zoom screen. <clears throat> so you can see that I am hesitating as I'm listening. And then when I had an idea, uh, Chris is clapping for me and saying, yay, because I got an idea. But for the listener, you only have audio. And so those pauses are really my my think time as I'm trying to come up with what could be a connection point to what it is that he actually said in order for me to give that brick, in order for me to build on what he said so I can connect it. That way I, I stay out of my thoughts of 
maybe I was thinking Aunt Thelma's, our next conversation is going to be about a, a recipe or about, you know, going out to a restaurant. But he brought up necklace. And so now I need to go down the path of necklace. And then I was trying to create on the fly. And those hesitations are okay. In fact, yeah. those hesitations are some of the the glorious interaction between the two people talking because you see the little bit of struggle and you cheer for each other as you come up with those ideas. Yeah. And uh, if I may add to that, it's one of the big takeaways from improv that for sure applies to real life is you need to hold your ideas like tightly, but with an open fist, right? So what I mean by that is like, you can't clutch on to your ideas. Okay. You can't be like, this is my idea. I'm doing it no matter what. You have to hold your ideas with an open fist. And this allows you to be flexible and roll with the punches because we all know, especially the parents out there, like things change. Things are changing on the fly. And if you, there's got to be someone listening to this right now who is like, who has had the experience of something didn't go the way I thought it would. And it's, and it derailed my day. And it's like, okay, everybody, right. (laughs) It's it's totally normal. Right. So what if there was a playful way to, to work on that? How can we untangle whatever's going on inside of us? That is like, that's just like, no, I'm committed to this happening a certain way. And if it doesn't happen this way, I'm going to struggle. Like, of course, sometimes there are some struggles that are real and no trick will fit, will help with that. You know, that's life. But I think that there are a lot of there are a lot of day-to-day things uh, that happen that really sidetrack a lot of people. And improv teaches you that if you have too big of a plan, then you might struggle. Because the only plan that we have is to be good communicators and to be like respectful and loving and kind and creative. And if we keep that 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 should be the end of the plan right other than that it's like you can't be like i'm going to talk about necklaces the whole time because what if in the beginning i mentioned something else and then we shift gears you know improv rewards you for being in the moment and being flexible i love that and that is being a very good listener as a whole so yeah. so the benefits let's recap for our listeners the benefits of learning improv and this pertains to all your relationships work relationships your spousal Mm. relationships Mm. your uh, grocery store checkout line relationship Mm. and your kiddos (laughs) all the kiddos at any age and teaching the kids at any age to listen well and do this back and forth provides you a fun practice of listening And I will link in the show notes other listening activities or or episodes that talk about some of those listening activities. But this one, I think, is one of my absolute favorites because you drop everything except engagement. So I I love it. So benefits, staying present. Help me out. Help me remember what you said. You're a better listener. You are. I think you're a a more charismatic and confident communicator. You know, you are able to stay in the moment and not, 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 not go into a downward spiral because one thing didn't go your way. You know, improv teaches you to really prioritize the moment and the communication. It's, it's like tennis. I I love the tennis analogy with improv because it's like in tennis, you don't get to hit the ball over the net 
and then decide where they're going to hit it afterwards and go there and wait for it. Like you have to wait till they hit the ball and then you go to where the ball is. That's how communication works, right? The improv is, <laughs> is that. That's, well, right. That's how that's, that's what should be happening. Um, and improv lets you practice all these things. And, and you know, I've, I'm always laughing at myself when I, when I talk to people like this because I haven't even mentioned that, like, you are also learning – you're learning comedy techniques. You're learning comedy skills, which is not the point for a lot of people. But it's a really incredible side effect where it's like, yeah, you will actually understand like comedy formulas and how those things work because laughing and laughing in an improv class is inevitable, right? So you're gonna pick up on, oh wow, it's funny when I when I am truthful about my emotions, it's not funny when I'm trying to like force in a line of dialogue because it reminded me of a movie. It's like you start to pick up on things like that. And that is also a great bonus for learning improv. Yes. And this is a technique that we use with our kiddos with autism. Mm. And many times we have parents that are also on the spectrum. So learning this and practicing this, if you have a child with a speech and language delay, helps them to learn to anchor into this words, the, the words that were said right now, in order to know what they're understanding and to move on. But also in a different way, in that pragmatic, in that social way, it really is a, a skill that is applicable to those with autism. Yes, yes, I love that, and I I'm really eager to learn more about that um, to help me in my line of work because I I love helping people, and I've had I've had some people uh, with autism in some of my classes before, and I've gone into schools and done this, and. I don't fully understand uh, the mechanics of why, but I am learning that improv is 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 such a huge tool for for people on the spectrum, um, and and so that's really inspiring to me. I I, I love I, I I really want to learn more about that, and and because uh, I think improv again, it's it's like it's this Swiss Army knife. It's this superfood. It does so much for so many people. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today and giving us this one this one strategy that parents can do, the yes and strategy, and helping us understand what the benefits truly are of learning improv. And someday, Chris, I'm going to have you back again and have you teach a different strategy because I do know that these are fun, playful ways that we can actively be part of the conversations with our children and we can learn how to turn around and smooth out some of their, um, like when they get so focused on, I am not going to bed. There are ways that you can yes and them or use some of these other techniques to be able to just change this conversation in the house. So I love it. Thank I you. love it too. Thank you. This is so much fun. It is so much fun. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Yes. No problem, y'all. Remember, moms and dads, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in ways their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. 
You can also connect with me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. At